0: Good morning, church. Welcome to the house of the Lord this morning. Um, I just want to welcome you, invite you this morning to enter into worship. Um, We invite the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit to rest upon us this morning. Um, I want to invite the Holy Spirit to mess with me this morning. Can we do that? To teach me some things this morning. To put his finger on some things in me that need to change Um, and the reality of that is that it's not fun and that we do we have to choose it we have to choose it like good medicine we have to choose it like exercise Um, we have to choose it like you know broccoli which i love so that doesn't work for me but we have to choose it Um, we have to choose that openness it's not going to happen by accident so i invite you this morning to choose uh, reflection to choose Uncomfortable revelation. I invite you this morning to choose to allow the Holy Spirit to do transforming work in you.
1: Amen. Stand with me, church. <clears throat> I'm going to do a call to worship this morning at a Psalm 150. As most of you know, it's the it's the last Psalm uh, that's written, and I find it fitting that the last Psalm. It's just all about praising Him. From the beginning, from the first psalm to the very end, you see this weaving of God's faithfulness, His trustworthiness, crying out to Him. And when all that's said and done, the way the authors put it together is, 150 is all about praising Him. So I'm going to read that to us this morning. It says, Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty ferment. Praise Him for His mighty acts. Praise Him according to His excellent greatness. Praise Him with the sound of the trumpet. Praise Him with the lute and the harp. Praise Him with the timbrel and dance. Praise Him with the springed instruments and flutes. Praise Him with loud cymbals. Praise Him with clashing cymbals. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Let me say it again, church. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. So, Father, we come before you today. We praise you, Lord. We give you honor. We give you praise. We turn our eyes, our hearts, our minds, our lives to you today, Lord. Have your way in this place. We choose you today. We choose you today. In your precious name we pray. Amen. Let's worship.
0: Church, we're going to take communion together today. Um, The way we do that is you go, you head toward the aisle and you come straight down to the communion table. The center plate is gluten free and then you pick up your elements and you circle back around to your seats so that there's no head on collisions. And then Pastor Jason will come up and we'll partake of communion together. But what I want to tell you before we do that is that he will never stop coming for you. He will never stop coming for you and I've shared my testimony enough and bits and pieces of it that most of you know that I used to be a runner I used to be a runner who was desperate to be loved and to be enough but I knew I wasn't enough and that's the message that I got from everywhere including some in the church not all but I just want to tell you if that's a lie that you've been believing that it's a lie and that he's never going to stop. He's never going to stop coming for you. He's never going to stop coming to lavish his love on you, not because you deserve it, but because you belong to him. There is nothing my son could ever do that would make me turn my back on him, nothing. And it's not because he's anything. It's just because he's mine. How much more so for God, how much more so for the creator who created you, who knit you together. You have always been enough for him. You have always been enough. So as we take communion this morning, I love, I just want together as a body to just bring our focus and our attention on who he is. He is a way maker. He is miracle worker. I love when we proclaim who he is because it gets us off the lie and onto the truth. And has nothing to do with us. It's, we can take ourselves out of it. There's, there's, the, there's lie and there's truth. And you don't even have to be able to articulate the lies. You don't even have to be able to see them at this point. But if you can just get over in the truth of who he is and that never changes. He is good. He is good, church. Okay, go ahead. You guys can move out into the aisles and get your communion elements.
1: He never stops coming after us. What a realization that no matter our faults, our personality, our failures, our shortcomings, our mistakes, the list is on and on and on, but none of that stops Him from coming after us created us. He loves us. And He cares for us. As Pastor Liz was sharing, what comes to my mind again, and we've said this before, but these communion elements, what we're about to partake in, Christ's body broken, His blood shed, is as relevant today and it is as real today as it was over 2,000 years ago. And when Jesus came, He came for us. And what we're doing is we're remembering every time we partake that Jesus came for me, for you. He came and He sacrificed and went to the cross and made a way for us to have a relationship with God forever and ever. Because of the importance of that, He never stops. He never stops working. He never stops pursuing. He never stops doing the things that He does because He never changes. And He truly is the way maker, the miracle worker, the promise keeper. So let's take communion this morning, remembering that. That He loved us so much. And that He continues to love us so much. And He never stops coming after us. Father, we just give You praise and glory today. Jesus, we thank You for Your birth, Your life, Your death, the resurrection. And we remember this morning, your body broken, your blood shed for us. That as we take these communion elements today, it's as relevant today as it was over 2,000 years ago. That with the same passion that you came then, you come today. We come today into your presence because you come to meet us. We give you praise and glory for it. Thank you, Lord. The Bible says, I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you. The Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread. We had given thanks, he broke it. He said, Take, eat, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Let us partake. in the same manner you also took the cup after supper saying this cup is the new covenant in my blood this do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you proclaim the lord's death until he comes let us partake stand with me church we're going to continue to worship Father, we just, we praise you, we glorify you. Jesus, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. Lord, we just give you praise and honor, for you truly are the way maker, you truly are the promise keeper. We worship you today in your precious name. Let's continue to worship. close out this time of worship can we just sing just the voices we sing hallelujah we just praise You. Jesus, we thank You. We lift Your name up above every other name. At Your name, Jesus, every knee shall bow and every tongue confess that You are Lord. And at the name of Jesus, sickness must go. At the name of Jesus, fear, anxiety must go. At the name of Jesus, peace and joy shall come. And at the name of Jesus, debt must go. Debt both monetarily, but a debt that which you are holding, that you need to release and let go of, because it's a price that you can't pay. And He has paid it for you. Your debt of sin is paid in full today.
0: Give you peace. Thank you, Jesus. He's so good. He is so good. Whatever you've brought before him today, he has seen you. He's seen your heart. He knows what you need before you ask whatever you brought before him today, to the extent that you have released it, he has taken it. He will not wrestle it out of your hands, but he stands eagerly at the door and knocks over and over and over again. How many times have I been saved daily, again and again and again? He comes and he knocks at these hidden doors of my heart, because he just won't stop. He'll never stop. And I say, enough already, enough. I've come so far. I worship you. I let you love me, even though sometimes it's painful. Are you ever going to stop? And the answer is, I'm never going to stop till I have your whole heart. Don't you have my whole heart yet? There's so much, he says. There's so much more to you than you know. There's so much in you. There's pain I want to heal there's bitterness I want to release there's lies I want uprooted there's joy I want to unleash the altar, sometimes I want to go back. Sometimes I feel the Lord calling me, go to the back. And then when I'm doing that, I'm just worshiping and praying over you. Sometimes I want to walk around and I just want to touch every single one of you. And we've done that in services, but sometimes I'm afraid. I don't want to like freak people out, but oh, sometimes my heart is so swollen with god's love and power for each and every one of you that i just want to go and touch you and release it to you so fair warning it happens next week i'm not going to hold it back okay i'm not gonna be afraid of freaking you out but he never stops and whether it's in your seat or up front whether it's in your laundry room Ladies, God will meet you where you are. I don't know why, but look through the word. The men had to travel to the mountain. The men had to travel. There's like a meme about this, and I just found it very interesting. But God comes and he meets the women right where we're at. Because we're always doing some kind of really important work. You know, you don't let your baby lay in a dirty diaper while you're worshiping. You change the diaper. And I've learned over 22 years of parenting in many, many diapers that you worship while you change the diaper. And I don't know if you've seen up here, just over all those years, it's not separated for me. Nothing is separate. I worship, today, Noel was like attached to my body. And I'm worshiping and swaying. And it's like, she's just holding on for dear life. And I start praying in tongues so loud. And I just start squeezing her head. You know, because she's just... I can parent and worship at the same time, one is not separate from the other. So ladies, God wants to meet you in your kitchens. He wants to meet you in the shower. It's such an amazing time because you're probably alone. It's not a guarantee when they're little, but you're probably alone. He will meet you where you are. He sees you. And he loves you so much. He wants to take your burden. He wants your cares to be cast upon him. It's what he came for. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this time. God, I just seal this time in the name of Jesus, Father. I pray that every prayer, every burden that was laid down today, Father, I just pray that it would stay with you, God, that we would not take those cares back, Father. I pray that we as a people would walk in trust, That we would fight the fight of trust, where we refuse worry, we refuse doubt, we refuse self-loathing and self-condemnation, we refuse a spirit of religion that says, "Eh, I'm better than most, I'm good enough, that religious safeguarding, we refuse anything that would keep us from you, anything that would keep us just at a comfortable distance from your presence God we just refuse it in the name of Jesus and we ask God that you would invade our comfort space that you would invade our comfort zone Father and that you would, you would draw us out upon the water Jesus that you would draw us out upon the water Jesus that we can know you and be used by you and just be yours God to be loved by you and have victory have victory over our finances and victory in our bodies and victory in our marriages and victory in parenting for generations victory over lies of the enemy that twist and harm victory god victory i pray in jesus name i pray in jesus name amen All right, at this time, we're gonna take our break. Um, Nursery is open, Littles Ministry is happening. Uh, Kid Corner, if you're a guest here, we have Kid Corner for the kids um, ages like, what, seven and up. They stay in service, they listen to the message. Hi Regina, go ahead, you need a tissue? Um, So over in Kid Corner, we have bags of little things for them to do. If you are a guest on the back of the seats, there's a connection card for you to fill out your email. Um, We'll send you an email just connecting you with information about our church and those welcome cards as well as your tithes and offerings will go into the offering buckets which will be up here during the break I think that's all all right okay let's take a break and then we'll come back together and um, have more have more of Jesus all right wow you guys got quiet fast that's because it's different you're like ooh, it's different Um, This morning, we are going to do a little thing. Um, I have one announcement. That is tonight is the Luciano small group. Uh, Paul and Luana go somewhere warmer in the month of February. Uh, Lucky ducks. Um, So tonight, Chet Carter is going to be teaching um, that group. So thankful for them. Uh, But come out. It's tonight at 630. It's here in the sanctuary. Um, It is a, a great group to come to to learn more and to dig into the word. So I encourage you to do that.
1: I just want to do a quick offering scripture, and then we can uh, get into what the Lord has put on our heart to share uh, this morning. It's out of 2 Peter 1, uh, starting in verse 2. I'm just going to read the three verses here, and then I'm just going to pray over the offering. It says, Grace and peace be multiplied to you.
0: Yes, please.
1: (laughs) Yes, please. Grace and peace be multiplied to me, to you, in the knowledge of God and of Jesus our Lord, as His divine power. Read that closely. As His divine power has given us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us by glory and virtue, to which we have been given to us exceedingly great and precious promises. Thank you, Lord. That through these, you may be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is the world through lust. Hallelujah. It is Him guys. His divine power has given us all things that we need. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for this service so far. Lord, thank you that you show up, thank you, Lord. Jesus. Lord, you just showed up. You are showing up. You have showed up, and you'll continue to show up, Lord. So I pray a blessing over uh, these finances, over the church finances, over each individual's finances here. Lord, and I just pray over this time of sharing Uh, your word, Lord, and encouraging stories and testimonies about your faithfulness, Lord. And Lord, we lift this time up to you in Jesus' name. Amen? Amen. Amen. Okay, you want to give a lowdown of what we're going to do? No, you can start. Okay, I'm going to give the lowdown of what we're going to do. So uh, last week, if you were here, as you know, uh, Pastor Andy, uh, so we've been working through the Sermon on the Mount series and last week was on the passage of Scripture of Do Not Worry. And all along we had planned about doing sort of a, a follow-on message to something like that. And what we wanted to do is I'm going to read just a portion of that Scripture. Uh, and then we're just going to talk a little bit about what does that actually look like. How to not worry. Yeah. So it, it's, Andy laid a, a wonderful, Pastor Andy laid a wonderful scriptural foundation and got into seeking first the kingdom of God and all these things shall be added unto you but we really felt like this week we wanted to give you like super practical like I'm in the moment my kids swinging on the swing I have this worry or fear or imagination that they're going to flip off do a headstand and crash on their head and break their neck and oh my goodness ambulances and And you start, you know, everybody has had these sort of thoughts, right, in your mind and in your imagination, and so what do you do with those? How do you handle those, and like, what do we do about that? And so we want to share a little bit about that this morning, some practical uh, ways around that. I'm going to read, uh, Jake, I'm going to start in verse 31 in Matthew, so I'm going to just read, wow, maybe I need reading glasses too. This is at 14 font, and I am actually moving it further away. Nobody laugh. Okay, no one's laughing. No, that's okay. I'm good. I can see it now. Okay, starting at verse 31. Therefore, do not worry, saying, what shall we eat, what shall we drink, or what shall we wear? For after all these things the Gentiles seek, for your heavenly Father... Church, look at that. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all of these things... He already knows what you need. He's already, look, He's in tomorrow. And we've done this series about, you know, the attributes of God, and God really transcends time. But He's already in tomorrow. He already knows your needs for tomorrow, even before you need Him. And He's working on them. He's orchestrating ways. He's doing things today to meet your needs tomorrow. And we have to remember that. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble. Mm -hmm. (laughs) How many know that to be true? Sufficient for today is its own trouble. And if you do a quick Google search and ask ask Google, or you can just go look in your Bible, but it says, how many times does God say, do not fear? How many? Come on. 365 times. Now, is that a, just a random coincidence? I don't think so. God has said in His Word 365 times, one for every day of the year, to remind us, do not worry. And guys, worry and anxiety, it's a real thing. And one of the things we want to talk about is its what well, we have realized, in scripturally, but what we realize in our own life, the more we fear and have anxiety over a certain thing, the more likely that thing actually is to happen. And you're like, what? No, this is biblical, it's scriptural. And I'm just going to take you to the book of Job just for a second. And then we're going to get into sort of what do we do instead of worry. Uh, But in the book of Job, and a lot of people know the story of Job, you know, he had all these things and then everything got taken away and it was a very difficult time. I'm not going to go through the whole story, but there's a scripture in Job 3. This is Job speaking, verse 25. For the thing I greatly feared has come upon me, and what I dreaded has happened to me. And when we look at that, we realize that, yes, there was this discussion between Satan and God, and and all these different dynamics of that entire book. But what this thing is saying here is that the thing that we fear and hold on to and latch on to and put our mind to and our focus to and try to manage around and put safeguard all that, all that fear and worry and anxiety is actually only adding to the chances that that very thing you're worrying is going to happen. Mm-hmm. Silence. Yes. I know. It's very, it's very true. And so today we want to talk about what do we do instead of worry? What do we actually do? What does this actually look like? And I'm just going to give sort of just this one or two points, and then I'm going to let uh, uh, Pastor Liz share some stories around it too. But basically, so what do we do instead of worry? And Pastor Andy talked about this last week, is we We pray. We pray. And it's interesting that this passage of Scripture is coming after uh, talking about the Lord's Prayer. And so we, we pray. We ask God for help. We ask God, say, Lord, I am feeling this worry, this anxiety, and I don't know what to do with it. And the Lord will truly direct us. What well, we have believed in some of the stories we'll share this morning. He'll, I believe He will direct you in one of two ways. One, He will say, act, mean do something, and do it now. Because he will have spoken to you and it's something we need to go do. Or he will really speak to hearts and say, walk in faith. And we want to talk a little bit about what that looks like. So when we pray, we say walk in faith or we act. Those are our two actions that we have options to go do as Christians. Worrying not being one of them. Right. Although it feels like we want to, and I get it. But worrying not being one of them. And then this, this how do we know which one he's telling us to go do. Sorry, Pastor Jason, that's great. So, you, so we have this... This thought, we begin to pray and we need to act because faith without action is dead. Or we need to walk in faith and take captive that thought and begin to walk out, how do I know which one to go do? And it really comes down to hearing from God and hearing his voice and what that looks like.
0: Okay, so I think the scripture in Job, um, the key word there, and what I dreaded, mm. has happened to me. So there's a clear distinction about being feeling afraid um, and walking in dread um feeling or f- having a worry a, you know you you have a worry or a care and then n- nurturing that worry into a full-blown fear mm. and um i remember i had a real fear of home invasion um yes. s- still not a warm and fuzzy thought for me. Um, but it plagued me for years and years and years and years, and it would keep me up at night. And, um, I remember I was laying there and I was just like, Oh Lord, forgive me, forgive me, forgive me. Because I knew that I was, this was a fear that was tormenting me and that I couldn't get rid of it. I didn't know how to get rid of it and I didn't know how to conquer it. And I would say Psalm 91 over and over again, and it just wasn't getting better. And, um, he spoke so clearly to my heart and said, stop apologizing and fight. Mm. I was like, you don't have to tell me twice to fight. I'm a (laughs) feisty fighter. Um, and so I, he held, I, I, he gave me a plan of what to do and I did it. Um, and it was to begin to change the imagination. You know, I would lay there and I would imagine someone breaking the basement window and I won't be able to hear them and they'd be in my room. And Mm. I've told, I just told this story a couple weeks ago. So I would change the imagination, into a faith imagination. And so when the burglar, the bad man would come into the bedroom, I would stand up on the bed and be be saved in the name of Jesus and they would fall on the ground and weep. I mean, I know, right? But it's my imagination. I can make it, I can make anything happen. So I took authority and ownership of my own imagination. And literally, like within two days, that imagination stopped coming as I was falling asleep. It just stopped because I stopped the path. I mean, there's, there's neuroscience, you know, that has to do with taking your thoughts captive. Um, sometimes we put such boundaries between the spiritual and the physical and the emotional and the mental, and it, God does not operate that way. He is creator of all, and um, he, he wants us to be so integrated in all of that. But I changed the pathways of my brain, I, but I took authority over it. I began to fight um, and I did not let the dread of home invasion stay. Um, so there's a difference. I, I want to expel all condemnation. If you struggle with anxiety, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus who walk according to the Spirit and not according to the flesh. Mm-hmm. So the flesh, my flesh, wants to dig into my fear. We just um, flew down to North Carolina. And I don't love small spaces. <laughs> Sorry, you guys, I just tell y'all everything. Um, You can paint a nice, a good picture of me. Um, I don't like small spaces. Uh, And we were getting on the plane in Erie at 6 a.m. And I've been on planes before. I've been on small planes and it's been fine. But this sucker was like a tube. It was just a tube and it was so, it was so small. And we were like two thirds of the way back And I just felt it rise up in me. And I was just like, no, 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 Which that doesn't help. (laughs) And I finally had to sit. And one, I don't, I don't feel condemnation anymore when those things, they have a root. I know why I struggle with that. I know when that entered. I've gone back and I've prayed through that. And I ended up, I just had to sit there and I just had to focus a minute on who God is. What his will is for my life. His, he's got a plan for my future, and I am fairly certain it is not to, you know, get stuck in the back of a plane. Um, I'm not afraid of crashing. I don't know what—it was just the space. And, um, and that's how I overcome fear, is I focus on who He is. And on I put it all back on Him. Like, I will live and not die and declare the works of God. That's what your word says. With long life, you're going to satisfy me and show me your salvation. Is God true or is he a liar? Is that for me or is it not for me? And that's right there. That's the question. That's when you activate faith. Mm-hmm. You activate faith when you feel afraid. And it, it, God's okay that it takes us a minute to work through it. Right. It takes me a minute really to even realize that I'm afraid. Um, Like, I don't even know yet that I'm stressed until Lila tells me, Hey, Mom, you're stressed. (laughs) Oh, you're right, I am. Um, Sometimes I get so caught up that I don't even realize that I'm afraid. But once I do, I know that I have two choices. I either can change my situation um, and take action, or I need to ask myself, is God's word true for me? And what part of his word? What do I need in this moment? What part, what promise do I need in this moment to... take this thought captive and make it obedient mm. to that word. Mm. Um, I have done this so, so many times. You'd think I'd be fear-free. I'm not. <laughs> right. He just, as goes yeah. back to the word, um, during communion. Like he doesn't ever stop. He keeps finding layers of fear in my life and he keeps going after them. And, um, uh, but there's this process. So, um, I'm the storyteller of this duo, uh, one time we were in the mobile home and we were, I was looking out on the yard and a bunch of kids um, were swinging on the swing and it wasn't a kid's swing. It was a porch swing, like a three-seater and they were swinging high and it made me nervous because it's an A-frame and the swing is going and I felt like if one of them would put their arm out the side at the wrong time, it would just get snapped and I kind of saw that in my head, and I was just like, oh, that's not good. So I prayed. I was like, Lord, I pray that you would protect the kids. I pray that you would protect them while, as they play on the swing. And I tried to just, because I'm practiced at uh, praying that prayer and then leaving it, and I will not fear. So that's my practice. So I did, you know, I prayed it. I know he is a protector. I know all of those things. And I, I went to like walk from the bedroom out into the living room. Um, away from the window and I didn't even make it very far into the living room When I had this feeling and it was it was it felt like fear, but it was just like Maybe you should do something about it. I was like, okay I hear that and I opened the door and I was like knock it off. You're going too high That's not what the swing is for. I need you to stop And that was it immediate like relief and I knew that it was the Holy Spirit you need to do something. You do it like you do it. The Holy Spirit isn't going to appear like an angel to the children and say, that's not how it works. It's not magic. I think there's an epidemic. This isn't in the notes. Uh, There's this weird thinking that happens in faith churches or in all in churches and like this misunderstanding that You know, you pray and it's magic. It's not magic. Mm. He works through us. He works through people. He works through science. He created science. He works through psychology. He works through medicine. He works through all of the created things Mm. and all the garbage that has come in through sin and death and all of the distortions of truth. That's not of Him. But we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater, we don't throw it all away because. He created all of it, our intelligence. So in that moment, he wanted me to activate. Like, that's not, that needs to stop. Um, that being said, I'm a big, with, as far as parenting goes, I believe in risk. I think helicopter parenting will harm your child. Yeah. It will not allow them to grow in self-confidence. Um, and so I allow risk to happen with our children. I allow them to teeter on the edge of the pool. One, I have prayed a prayer of protection over that pool when we first moved in. I mean, a prayer of faith that no harm will come to any person in this pool. This pool is a gift of God to our family, and I receive it as a gift. I pray angels guard it, and I believe it fully. Mm. So um, even if a kid swallows water or struggles or whatever, I'm just like, mm-mm, no that's not a blessing. Like, no, I I believe it so much that anything outside of that is offensive to me and I I won't have it, right? So I would let my little toddlers teeter around on the deep end and my mother, I love my mother. Mm. She's not a worrier at all. Mm. (laughs) Hi, mom, she might be watching. Um, My mom would be there or even like friends would be there and they'd be like, oh, oh, Liz this is the baby, the baby. I'm like, yeah, I know. I see her. I see her. (laughs) Don't lean in too far, honey. I don't like to say be careful because it's not their job when they're little to take the care. It's my job. So I don't want them to be careful in that situation. I want to point out the risk that they're taking and make them aware of the risk. Um, but it's my job when they're young to take the care. Um, so, you know, don't lean too far. That's what I'll say. You know, and then I just let them be and my, my mom or whoever, just be like, oh, but they might fall in. They might, in which case I am 20 seconds from saving them. Like it, they will learn and they will grow. So I am about taking risks like good risks and measured risks. Um, and letting my kids experience that feeling of, Oh, I'm, and correcting. And then they've learned something on their own. They have it on their own. Um, And this is something I had to grow into. A lot of our examples will be with parenting because that is the, that is the, um, that's where God taught me all the things. That's, that's where he taught me all the things was through 22 years of parenting and sanctification and healing me and empowering me to walk with power over worry and fear. I come from generations of worry and fear, um, big time. And, uh when I was 14, I remember we lived across the street from my, one of my really good friends. And I was like, Hey dad, I'm going over to Becky's house. And he was like, no, you can't go. And I was like, why can't I go? He's like, because I said, no, you can't go. I'm like, okay. We didn't have phones, like cell phones and whatnot. And so like two days later he confessed to me. He's like, I was t- really terrified that you would get hit by a car. <laughs> I was 14. I mean, I knew how to cross the street. So either, you know, he saved my life. And that was like the Holy spirit saying to say no, which I don't think it was, but that was just fear had gripped him in that moment and affected his parenting. And that's what we don't want. It's okay to struggle with worry and it's okay to be in the battle and, and struggle and grow your faith and learn how to apply it, learn how to hear the voice of God. Um, but we don't want fear to have a say so in what we choose. And that is my goal in the day to day. Um, there was a situation more recently where I was struggling with whether or not to go to a particular meeting and I didn't have to go. I could stay home. You know, I didn't have to go and I couldn't figure out why, what is the struggle about? And so I began to talk with the Holy spirit, otherwise known as praying. But it, for me, it's like talking and he's like, okay, let's do it. What are you afraid of? I'm like, Okay. What are you afraid? What am I afraid of if I do go? And I made the list. I literally made a list. What am I afraid of if I don't go? Well, I'm afraid I'll look irresponsible. And on one of the lists, I don't remember which one was, I'm afraid that I'll be letting fear manipulate my decision. And that was, that was the, that was the red flag for me. So I chose to walk in that way. If that makes sense. Does that make sense? Wherever I see the fear, if I see fear at work, I rebel against it. This is the proper application of rebellion. Parents, there is an application, mm-hmm. okay, for let's call it sanctified sanctified rebellion. We rebel mm-hmm. against a spirit of fear. Yeah. And so this is, I mean, this is just how I operate. What am I, what, where's the, what are you afraid of? What am I afraid of? Well, I'm afraid if I don't let the kids participate in activities until they're 10, that maybe they'll miss out and then they won't be able to catch up develop, you know, to, with the skills and be successful in their sport. Okay. Well, fear is not going to make my decision for me. That's right. And so I'm not going to choose that. I'm not going to bow to that fear. I'm going to hold my guns. I'm going to stick to it. They're not doing sports until they're 10. Turns out Anna never danced a step of ballet until she was 13. And within five to six years was a professional paid ballet dancer. That's God. Mm -hmm. Like, that's God. You trust in me. You apply faith. You stick to your convictions that have been confirmed. Guys, don't get convictions in the spirit, you know, that aren't confirmed. Like, I feel strongly we should get a third dog. How do you feel about that?
1: The confirmation is no. Is no.
0: (laughs) That's a joke because I barely want the two dogs I have. And all the kids get so upset. Yeah. Don't make jokes about getting rid of the dogs. Oh. <laughs> Two is so many. I don't know why you did that. It was all him. It wasn't. It was me.
1: 34%.
0: I know. <laughs> so so at, when, you, when you're faced with fear, when you're faced with a specific worry, I feel like it's important to isolate the fear. What is yeah. it? And to pull it out in the light. So often we just start automatically. Like I said, I would, I would say Psalm 91 over and over and over again. Like that was my knee-jerk faith reaction. And it wasn't working. And so instead of just keep on doing it and saying, well, my faith must not be strong enough because it's not working and blaming myself, I can say, this isn't working. What can I do differently? Lord, lead me. Show me. So there's this real openness with God. That's why, you know, we talked about the attributes of God. You have to trust that he wants to talk with you. Mm -hmm. You have to trust that he's on your side. You have to trust that God is good. You have to trust that God is for you in order to stand up to fear and worry, in order to do spiritual battle. You have to know that you have authority, and we've done, we've done messages on authority. We've done messages on all of this because it is our heart to empower you as people of God um, to hear his voice and to be led in the day-to-day in the day-to-day. Um, yeah.
1: So, yeah there was a, <clears throat> It's a question that the Holy Spirit posed to, to Liz. And I think, I think it's something we all should either write down or consider. And we've been doing this in almost every area of our life. And it's, the question is, is, what would we be doing or what would we do in this situation if we were not afraid? what would you how would you act in a situation if you weren't afraid you had no fear what would you do at work if you had no fear? like and we begin to it's a great question to ask ourselves to really reflect back and say wait a second i'm acting in a way that actually is showing or i'm realizing that i'm walking in fear and anxiety in this area versus walking in faith um, and this this question that gets posed it's a great question to ask ourselves and we t- we go back to the pool all the time we love to use the pool as our as our you know one of our great examples at our house and we can say that we don't fear our children you know falling into the pool but if our actions were like, nobody's allowed to ever go outside unless there's full supervision. There has to be five, you know, like Wegmans gate check, you know, Wegmans goes around and checks certain areas. We need people circling the property, continuing to checking the gates and making sure those are closed. And we're going to have like bumper rails at the deep end so only the bigger kids. Like if those were all these safeguarding we were trying to go do, it would really begin to reflect or show like, okay, guys. Did God really tell you to circle the property every five minutes to make sure that all the gates were locked? Or are you acting out of fear? And I think it's a great question we have to ask ourselves, you know, um, are we acting in fear? And then the other, the reverse of that, are we walking like we believe it? Are we walking like we believe God is who he says he is and he'll do what he says he will do? And it's sort of like that's sort of a key takeaway for us. Am, Am I walking like I trust God in this situation or am I trusting in my own safeguards and my own guardrails and my own things that I'm trying to go put up.
0: And I think we're a really interesting pair because sometimes I think he's not afraid enough. You know, like we'd go to the playground and the, <laughs> I mean, he barely watches them. And they, off they go up and there are opportunities for children to fall from high heights all over a playground. I mean, I, all over, like there's the pole they can slide down, but what if someone pushes them from behind and they just, like, I see, I would, I would see all the what ifs and he would barely even be watching them. And so God put us together because I I think there's a middle ground. You can't just, and I tell him this all the time, you can't just take it for granted. And I think that's something that Christians do a lot is we just, we get mad at God when our kid falls and breaks their arm because, Hey, I thought they were protected. And it was just like, well, did you even talk to God as you pulled into the park? Yeah, did you on. check in with him? Come on. Yep. He knows what's going to happen. So did you out loud, did you say, okay, guys, father, we just thank you that we can come to the park today. I pray a prayer of protection around us as a family. Pray that you would lead us and guide us by your spirit. We love you in Jesus name. Amen. Hmm. And you go, and then you go, then you go and you play, you, you let them play. Yep. And then you know that you have applied God's you know, the blessing you've, you have applied it and anything that would come against it. If I pray that prayer and my kids, my kid gets stung by a bee, I'll be mad. Mm. I'll be mad. And I don't get mad at God because it's just useless. He's always right. (laughs) So frustrating. (laughs) Uh, So frustrating and so comforting. Um, but I'll be like, uh, no, 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 My kids don't get stung by bees in the name of Jesus. Bees are a blessing to us. They give us the good things, and they do not sting us in Jesus' name. In 22 years of parenting and eight children, I think only one of them has been stung by a bee once. Is that accurate? I -hmm. feel like it was Noel. Noel, did you get stung by a bee once? Okay. (laughs) Well, it's like a no. Um, So, I mean, that's just one of the things. I have a couple of them. Asthma. Remember praying, no, in the name of Jesus, my children will not have asthma or allergies. Now, allergies try to come up, and I just keep, Lord, what do I need to do? And that's what it is. Instead of being afraid that my kids are going to have allergies, or else just flippantly being like, my kids won't have allergies in the name of Jesus. Here, eat your Doritos and do whatever, you know. Immune system, ah, you're blessed. I don't think you can do that either, because science... And, you know, physiology God us, is God created right. our immune systems in a certain way, and he, has, he knows perhaps that one or the other one needs whatever. They need something, and he knows. So really there's this coming to God and um, saying, okay. My kids will not have asthma in the name of Jesus. Or my kids will not have allergies in the name of Jesus. So I have one whose skin just loves to get these weird rashes. And I know that it's histamine related. I know that it's immune system related. And so I take authority in Jesus' name. I reference back to when I prayed that prayer so long ago. I stand on that prayer and I say, Lord, what are we doing? What do I do? What do do I need to do here? I will not relent. I'm not going to just say, oh, well, she has allergies. Heck no. I'm going to fight it. But there's things my kids get, like the, if they get the flu, I don't know. I've never stood in authority. I sh- maybe I should, mm. but I always just like, well, you're human and we live on the earth, so go watch some movies and rest for a couple days, you know. Um, but I think there's this balance that we, we've come to this center ground where he watches a little more closely and is more intentional about praying so that I can rest and not be in fear. Mm. The way I can rest at the playground is that prayer. I pray it out loud, (laughs) Mm. and then I hold God accountable to it. (laughs) You want to make God happy? Hold him accountable to his word. Mm. I just think it thrills him. You said. So when Eva was choking on an apple at 11 months old, and she was turning gray, and she was drooling, she wasn't getting oxygen to her brain, and she could get little bits of air. You could hear a little flutter. Um, when that was happening, I wasn't home, and I, can't, I got home, and I walked in the house, and he handed this baby to me. That was the color of death. I mean, she was she was the color of a gray sky. It was terrifying. Mm. But he handed he handed that baby to me, and the entire drive to get home, the Lord said so clearly, "Do not fear." And I knew, I knew that it was not a suggestion. I knew that her life depended on me staying out of fear. Now, that doesn't mean I was, it doesn't mean I, okay, what does it mean? It means I drove the speed limit-ish, <laughs> as much as I ever do, on purpose. I refused to speed because what would I do if I was deathly afraid? I would speed like a maniac. So I'm not going to do that. Yeah. I, ref- I held my actions to a state of not being afraid. And the devil tormented me the entire way down Route 90. Mm. If you were a good mother, you would have pedal to the metal right now. What kind of mother are you? Mm. An ambulance went the other way. Pssh. Your daughter should be in an ambulance right now. Mm-hmm. Like all of this torment. And the more he did it, the more I knew how important it was not to fear. Mm. And so I pulled in the mobile home. And I stopped to get the mail because you know why? That's what I would do if I wasn't afraid. Now, granted, I had not seen the baby yet. So that made it a little easier. I had not seen her face. Uh, He told me, she's getting air, but you need to come home. You need to come home. I was like, okay, okay. Um, And I started asking him questions and he's like, just come home. I was like, okay. Um, So I stopped to get the mail. And then I pulled in the parking pad and I took all my packages out. And I walked in the house and set them down. So I held my actions to that, which I would do if I wasn't afraid. And it was one of the hardest things I've ever done. It was the hardest, one of the hardest things I've ever done. And so I walk in the house and he hands me this baby and he walked away and I'm holding her and I turned around and I started walking toward the door of our office. I, I think to go on the internet, I think that's where I was headed. Um, I did not have a smartphone at the time. Um, what are we talking? 2010. We're talking in 2010. Um, and I took two steps towards the door and in my spirit, no. So I literally, the door's right here. I turned back around and I said, I need wisdom. I need wisdom now in the name of Jesus. I said it out loud. I said it like, that's fine. You want me not to fear? That's fine, buddy. You don't want me to go to the internet? That's fine. Well, then, (laughs) I need wisdom, and I need it now in the name of Jesus, and that's what your book says, so y'all better get it and give it to me. I need it now. That is what I was saying, Mm -hmm. and I mean, there was no joking about it. Mm -hmm. I was not nice. I wasn't mean, but I just was like, let's go then, and as soon as the words left my mouth, she threw up on me, and there was that little piece of apple It was just paper thin and it was cut like, um, the shape of it was like a piece of pineapple is cut. It's like a fan shape. It's called the forbidden shape in our home. You're never allowed to cut fruit. If it's a pineapple, you got to cut it in a different shape. I never want to see that shape fruit again (laughs) in my home. I'm not afraid of it. I'm not afraid of it, but it's the forbidden shape and all my kids know it like, no, you got to cut that. So um, and the, the crisis was over. I set her on the floor on purpose so that she would cry. And I mean, all the color came back in and all the pinkness came back in. Um, but I, it was the hardest thing I've ever done. Um, and that's a pretty dramatic example. But it taught us how to not worry yeah. and to not fear. Yeah. And then after it was over, I mean, we were wiped. And I was just like, maybe we should have called nine one one, and it just didn't occur to us. Right. We saw it as a spiritual battle. I'm not telling. I'm not saying that's what you should do. For right. goodness sakes, when I cried out for wisdom, I'm going to be. On- that's what I was asking. Yeah. Tell me what to do. What do, we do next? Like, right. tell me what to do. And that is what I was thinking. Like, do I put her in the car and race to the hospital? Do I call nine one one? You know, do I dunk her in water? I don't know. Like, just tell me what to do. And he did. I mean, he just took care of it for me, yeah. and um, and taught me. I just learned so much about about the enemy, about he will come. And fear, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And fear was the enemy that day. Fear was coming to take the life of my daughter, whose name is Eva, whose name means life. Fear was the enemy. Fear was the problem that day. And the Lord led us. And when it was all over, I looked up to heaven. It was like, what made you think that we were ready for that? I don't feel like we were ready for that kind of a Test at all, Mm. but there was Eva alive and well. Yeah. So.
1: And just uh, we've told a bit of that story in the in the past, but it's interesting when we're talking about the stuff about walking in faith and hearing from God. And I don't know if you guys know this or not, but the Lord actually warned me about how I was cutting the apples before I fed them to Eva. And. It was I mean it literally he was as I was cutting the apples I felt the Holy Spirit say does Liz ever cut them in that shape? That's it. That's all I heard. Does Liz ever feed the baby or does uh, feed every feed the baby out? whatever it was there was this, the Holy Spirit warned me. And interestingly enough why we talk so much about hearing from God in a relationship with God, in hearing, because he, he loves you and he cares for you, and he does give warning signs. He does, and, and I'm so, I've become, that situation has helped me to become more attuned. Now, I don't get it right all the time. In fact, just a couple weeks ago, I screwed it up again and did something, and now I got to deal with it, because the Holy Spirit told me not to do something, and guess what? I did it anyway, and now I got to unwind this whole thing and all this drama and dramatics are going to come from it nothing to do with the church by the way but i have to go deal with that because i miss but the holy spirit warned me and it was in the beginning of our journey of learning to hear from god and what does his voice sound like and sometimes he asks us questions Mm -hmm. and he just said you know does liz ever feed the baby baby apples and i was like "Eh, it'll be all right you know and it's that's a red flag warning If you feel something in your spirit, a pause in some way, do not blow past it. And if you get this eh, it'll be all right, this cavalier, prideful attitude, like eh. I'm blessed, I'm highly favored, and nothing's going to come against me. And you begin to like walk in the authority of God, but the Holy Spirit is like, I'm sending you, you're on the top of the house, and your, your, your house is flooding and the helicopter's coming. You're like, no, 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 I don't need the helicopter, God's going to save me. No, 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 I don't need the helicopter, the boat, I don't need you to save me, God's going to save me. And God's like, I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to help you. And so this this way of hearing from God and understanding His voice and hearing His voice, we have to have a relationship with Him. Right. It has to be when He calls, you hear His voice and you know what His voice is. What it like. And what it sounds like. And if I call Liz, she hears my voice and she knows that it's me. Of course, caller ID says it too. But if she didn't have caller ID, right? we know each other's voice. And the importance of that, that story is so great because it shows... Man, the Holy Spirit warned us we missed it. Eva choked, but He was still faithful, as He always is, to redeem and to restore and to help us in our time of need, even when we miss it. Because guess what, guys? You're not going to get it perfect every time. And I've been walking this journey of hearing from God for many, 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 many years. And a few weeks ago, I totally missed it. And I had a pause in my. You ever get the pause in your spirit? If you don't, I would suggest that you ask the Lord to begin to dig in and show you what that looks like. But it was a pause in my spirit that said, don't do that. It's like, eh, it's fine. These other people want it. They, it's going to be okay. Eh, it's going to be all right. Guess what? It's not all right. <laughs> yeah, it is not all right. I'm dealing with this thing that's out there that I'm just, I, my, my reaction is I want to kick myself. Right? Don't you guys, right? When you make a mistake, I don't know if I feel like that, like, he told me I had the pause, I did it anyway, and now I'm suffering for it. Come on, Jason. Right? Now I'm not blaming God. Come on, Jason. What are you doing? And I stopped myself. I said, realize, okay, I can't change what's already happened. I can only change my actions moving forward. And my prayer went from, instead of beating myself up, my prayer now was, Lord, Lord, I screwed up. You know it. You warned me. I appreciate that. Now you got to help me get out of this. You have to help me get out of the situation in which I got into it. Will you help me? And I know that He will, and He is.
0: How do you know? Because He's good. Because He's good. Because He's done it. He's merciful. It. That's right. Um, because He's merciful. So we talked about prayer. Um, we right. talked about prayer, and we went into do not worry, and how not to worry is that you have to become practiced in prayer. And not, dear Heavenly Father, prayers, but Lord, is this okay? Or God, as we go into the park, I pray that you would lead and guide us. It's it's just speaking with Him and including Him throughout your day. And if you think that it's optional, so it's funny because I'm going to tell a story, and I don't want it. I, it can lead you into fear because the enemy can twist, and then you can be fearful. Like, and we've we've done this. <gasps> If I don't hear from God, like, bad things could happen. And so you become paralyzed, where you're just like, is it okay if we eat ice cream tonight? Right. You know, or is it... Mm. Like, you become paralyzed. Um, so I don't want that to happen, but I want you to know that prayer is not optional, that the enemy is prowling. Mm. Um, I was sitting in a dentist chair, and we were trying to get pregnant. And this... We had three little girls, and we were trying to get pregnant, which we never usually had to try super hard. Um, and I was in the dentist chair, and... It's just like, it was just like a passing thought. Uh, and I think he was going to take, he was going to take out a filling and make him do a new one because the filling was old or whatever. And the thought was, is this okay if you're pregnant? And so I asked the question, I was like, is this okay to do if I would be pregnant? And he's like, well, there's a tiny chance that it could cause a miscarriage, but you know, it's safe. It's fine. And I was like, oh, Okay. And I said, okay, because I didn't want to look weird. I didn't want to get up and be like, well, let's, I'm here, you know, but I'm going to leave and not get this done. Like, I just didn't want to be inconvenient. I didn't want to do all the actions that would, I don't know, it was just easier. it was passive. Mm. So it's not always prideful, although it can be, and the eh is part of it. Eh, it'll be okay. Like somehow that, that noise is like, that's the red flag for me Um, and it wasn't okay. I was pregnant early. I didn't know yet that I was pregnant. I found out like a week later, and I miscarried that baby at like five or six weeks. And then I got pregnant right away again, and I only carried that baby for maybe eight or 10 weeks. And it was like whatever he did, my body, you know, was processing out some of the toxins, I think, that was from that filling. And it took me over a year to get pregnant with Eva. And so there were some really, those were some really heavy consequences, and I carried those because I knew what I heard. I knew what I heard and I knew that I disregarded it and those consequences were very, very real. But it did not make me fearful, it made me determined. I am gonna learn how to hear from God and be very clear. I wanna be very clear when it's him and very clear when it's him versus when it's fear. Fear will mimic the voice of God. Don't go to that restaurant. You're all gonna get food poisoning. Well, that's not God, how do I know? because fear is attached to it. God does not say, he didn't say, don't get that feeling taken out. Your baby's gonna die. Right. God doesn't mm. ever say the last part. Mm. That's why we train our children to obey because we need to hear the voice and obey without knowing the consequences. He wants obedience. He, the voice of God will never, he'll just say, don't go. He will never say, don't go. Something bad is gonna happen. Mm. When you, if you hear that part, that's fear don't even listen to it, you should go and have fun. You should go. If, if fear is trying to keep you from going, this is what I do. <laughs> if, yeah. if fear's trying to keep me from going somewhere, and I re- as soon as I recognize it and I go through my, um, my how I recognize fear, I, as soon as I recognize fear, if fear's trying to keep me yeah. from inviting the Rodneys over for dinner, like, oh, they're going to not like you or they won't like you, if fear starts talking to me about something and I recognize it, I'm like, Psh, you guys want to come over? How about right now? Like fear, the devil's worried about something. He doesn't want us flying to North Carolina. He doesn't want us going to a marriage conference. So all this fear about leaving the kids home, well, how are they going to, what if, I just saw real about this horrible thing that happened, what, you know, fear, start, and I'm just like, okay, we're going now, you know, now we're definitely going. So I rebel against fear. I rebel against worry. I was not, that is not for me. That is not for me. I feel like we could sit up. I see what time it is. Yeah. Um, I feel like we could sit up here and we could talk and really go into these things for hours. I mean, I just, there's so much here. There's so much nuance um, to not allowing fear to dictate your actions. Yeah. And yet not being on this side, not being cavalier, yeah. like not being like, oh, I can eat buckets of fried chicken every day for my whole life and be fine. Like, that's not wise. So, I don't know why I choose that example, but whatever. Like, there is, like, the guide rails of wisdom, the guide rails of the word. um, But I I feel like there's so much more. Maybe
1: we'll do more in the coming weeks on it. But let me, I'll sort of end maybe with a a very practical example of how this looks and what this looks like in operation. You know, it's a very simple one and maybe this could be a takeaway for you guys. And again, back to that question, the takeaway is, is what would I be doing if I didn't fear at all? And so when we drive in the car somewhere and we go on a trip, of course all of our children, not of course, maybe you don't know this, but our children have to wear their seat belts. And there's a, there's a process, I would say, in our family on how it works when we're taking a trip. So here's how, here's how we'll look. Hey, mom. I dropped my snack on the floor and I can't reach it. Can I unstrap? Liz says, I don't know. Hold on a second. <laughs> and she looks at me and we say, let's pray. Lord, can the children just take a, minute. Take a second? You don't have to rush. We take a second. Lord, is it okay if whoever it was, Ruby, unstraps her seatbelt to go grab her snack? Now, the Lord knows what's coming. The Lord knows if there's something that's going to happen or I'm going to come to an intersection, I'm going to have to slam on the brakes. and He knows all that. And so we ask, we seek him, we pause for a second. And
0: we're led by peace.
1: Led by peace, and we say, sometimes yes, right. sometimes no. Most of the time it's yes. Mm-hmm. But there will be times where I'm like, mm, hold on, just one second, babe. Yeah, just let it be. Babe, hold on, just one second. And I don't know what it is. I'll ne- sometimes I never get to know or see what it is, or whatever it might be, but I say, "Uh uh-uh, just hold on one more minute. And then we say, okay, babe, you can go grab your snack now. And she goes and gets her snack and then straps back in. And that's just sort of a practical example of how do you live this out on a day-to-day basis is, yeah, we don't want to walk in fear, but we want to use wisdom. We need to hear from the Lord to say, how do we act in a certain situation? Mm -hmm. How do we do that? Mm -hmm. Okay, all right, guys, let's pray this morning. Heavenly Father, we just, we come before you, Lord, we thank you that you are a good, good Father. God, we just thank you for every attribute of your goodness, your faithfulness, your mercy, your wisdom, Father, your your justice, your holiness, all the things of who you are that never change, Lord, we just thank you for those. Lord, we thank you that you love us and you care for us and that you don't want us to walk in fear, but to walk in faith and in trust in you. So Father, I just pray over each and every one of us who is sitting here and even watching online this morning, Lord, that you would just, Father, just speak to our hearts and show us areas in which we truly are acting and walking out fear and anxiety in our lives. And Lord, that you would show that to us and, and that we would recognize it, Lord, and we would begin to choose to act differently, like we trust who you are. hmm that we would act as if you are who you say you are because you have always shown that to be true. Lord, that our actions would line up with our words. Father, and that we would just be able to, leaving today, to be more attuned to your voice. Lord, help each and every one of us to, as we spend time with you, as we pray, as we read the word, whatever it is that we do to spend time with you, Lord, even if it's while we're driving, in the car, Lord, that we would just become practice and understanding, hearing your voice. And Lord, we thank you for your wisdom. Lord, we just give you all the honor and the praise and the glory today. In Jesus' name, amen? Amen. amen. Uh, guys, as we close today, we're going to have a couple teams up here that will be able to pray with you. If you've got a prayer request for anything that at all, maybe you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, the Bible says today is a day of salvation. I would encourage you to come up and get prayer. Mm-hmm. Uh, this morning.
0: Was this helpful? Is this helpful to you guys? Yeah. Because you guys are, while we're up here, you know that, right? That's right. We pray Mm -hmm. for you guys. We want to equip you guys and empower you and do practices, do things the way we preach, the way we teach, the way we share. They're all meant to help each and every one of you grow and refine your skills, um, recognize the enemy, learn how to pray, be more bold in prayer. So if this helps you, we want to know that because then, right. you know, we'll keep Make doing sure. it.
1: <clears throat> okay, let me just read a benediction over you guys. Uh, the prayer teams will come up. Second Peter, uh, verse 1. To those who have obtained like precious faith with us by righteousness to our God and Savior, Jesus Christ, grace and peace be multiplied to you in the knowledge of God and of the Lord and Jesus our Lord. Amen, amen. and amen. You guys are dismissed. We love you guys. See you tonight for those who are coming back to group.